I'm a digital marketing consultant. So what I do is websites, SEO, and training for small businesses. Uh, these power hours are a way for people to kind of network and pick up some new skills. So every Friday, we do a training video. Uh, we offer support and then networking for the community. And we've just uh, got the Enterprise Network Group uh, to answer questions about these, these sessions. So I'm gonna hand over to Nipa, who's gonna do a talk on associates. So Nipa, if you wanna just um, say a bit about yourself and introduce before we start. Um, yeah, so I'm a HR consultant. Um, I've got over 15 years experience in HR, but I went on, on my own last year. Um, but while I'm a HR consultant, I don't do everything HR. I'm quite specialist in what I do and purposely slow because I don't want to run a business that I'm not completely passionate in. I'd rather run a business that actually I do have passion for. So I focus on the things that I like doing, but I will tell you why hiring an associate is actually really important to grow your business and not to sell yourself short. Um, so I'll talk a bit more about myself and my business as I go through the presentation, which I think will probably help a little bit more. What I want to talk about today is hiring an associate. Um, now I'm going to come from the, from the angle of it enabling you to grow your business without really um without um compromising on what you actually want to do as um as part of your core business and how it can really help you um so what we're talking about is you and your business um understanding what your need is understanding what your offering is where you may find your um your uh, associates and the written agreements that you might need to you need to think about um, having in place and where to find them. So firstly, I want to talk about you and your business. Um, so before you either recruit an employee or a freelancer or an associate, you want to have an understanding of what you and your business are all about. So this is about having a holistic view of your business before you start. So do you know who, what your products and service are, services are? Do you know who your um, ideal clients are and where they are? Um, and how you can find them. Do you know who your competitors are? What are the gaps in your service? And because you want to have, if the pandemic has taught us anything, we need to have an idea of how we can pivot if we need to. Um, so it's good. It's a good idea to, even if you don't want to branch out into that into that area, to have an idea of where your pivot may be, or actually where you can actually add an extra service. But you're also looking at collaboration opportunities. Now, SMEs in particular, you, you're always looking at your competitors and things like that, but it's also important to understand that you can still collaborate with someone that does very similar work to, to you because actually you, have, you can bring something different to the table. So you shouldn't discount this, whether you're a sole trader, limited biz, um, business or whatever you should have. It's really important to understand that collaboration is actually a good way to grow your business. And lastly, you wanna be clear on your brand, your reputation, your ethics and your values. Um, because ultimately, if you are hiring an associate or a freelancer or an employee, they need to understand what you are about and you need to understand what your ethics and values are and who you want, who you would trust so your ethics and values are very, very important to make sure that 
you actually in, you actually portray that to the outside world. Just as much as you do that to your clients, you also need to be projecting that to potential collaborators or associates. So then I want to talk about your need. Now, there is a difference between a freelancer and associate, but there's also a correlation. So an associate is still, in essence, a, an associate, um, not an associate, a freelancer, but the way in which you use them makes a difference between a freelancer and an associate. Um, a freelancer is very much someone that you would go to to possibly do a one-off job for you. So if you don't have the skills or you need something in particular to help you with the project, then you'd you'd ask for um, a freelancer. An associate is a freelancer, but also you have a long-term relationship with them. Um, and that, to me, is the key difference uh, between a freelancer and associate. So a freelancer is very short term. An associate is very much a long term um, business partner or person that helps you with your business doing the stuff that you can't do or don't have time to do. So the reasons why you would want an associate is possibly an upturn in business, which is obviously a good thing. But if you are on your own, you will consider either recruiting an associate or um, an employee. And obviously, hiring an employee comes with its own issues in terms of employment contracts and doing recruitment process and things like that, whereas an associate allows you that flexibility to bring that person in as and when you need them. Um, so it's definitely sometimes worthwhile having that, and also you don't have the issue of how you pay them, the tax, employment, national insurance, declaring that you employ people an associate just gives you that flexibility to take to ask them to come on board as and when you need them but they are not an employee of your business you may have a skills gap that needs filling so for example as i said if you have a, a project that you're doing but you don't have all the skills necessary to fulfill that project having an associate bringing an associate in for that element or to help you with that project allows you to complete it faster and to the best of your business's ability without compromising on the overall outcome. But it's also an ability for your, your, your business to offer more services. So if I come back to myself here, the reason why I would use an associate is because I don't do everything HR. I do not do offer of um, I do not do recruitment. I don't do offer letters and contracts, policies, handbooks. That's something that I don't have have a passion for. And when I first started networking, the um, first thing I used to say is, "I don't do that. This is what I do. So if this is what you want, I'm not your person." And that actually discounted my value. And I had lots of people saying to me, "That's the one thing that everyone looks for." And I completely understand that, but for me, my passion is doing more of the complex side of things, mediation and training. That's where my focus is. But bringing in an associate who I trust, who I know and can, all, can actually add that to my business, I now can say that I actually do offer that, but while I might not do the core, core part of that work, I have an associate who, who I can bring in that I trust that will do that for me. So then I'm actually, what I'm doing is I'm actually growing my business without 
with the help of an associate, but it allows me to grow my market. Um, and then you need to think about what you what you need them for. So what is your brief? You need to be clear on what your client needs are and what your expectations are from the associate. So it comes back to actually, is it an upturn in the business? Is it a skills gap that needs filling? You need to be very, very clear on what your brief is and why you need that associate. So before you even look for that associate, if you don't have a relationship, you need to understand your brand, your reputation, what your business is, but also why you need them and wait. This then brings you on to what your offering is. So the main thing that your associate is going to look for is the rates. Um, how much is it that you're going to pay them? What is the value of that contract? Um, so you obviously, if you're gonna, if you're looking at it from a project-based point of view, you will have an idea of what you want to charge the client. Then comes what you will pay the associate. That comes with experience. That comes with time. Um, and you can. There's different ways of doing it. So if it's project-based and you're still doing an element of the work, you need to have an even split, probably in terms of. Um, how much uh, you um, you will give them. So if it's a 50-50 split, you're both doing 50% of the work, then half of that value goes to that, to that, that associate at the end of the uh, contract. If you've got more of a day rate um, relationship going on with your client, then that's a little bit different in that, and that's how I work, I work on a day rate. So I say to my client, this is how much this is gonna cost per day. If I'm not working on that side of the project, but my, my associate is, then the, even the split that you would normally have is you would keep 20, 20, 20 or 25% and the associate would get the rest of it because they are doing the lion's share of that work. And if you want to keep the associate, if you want to keep that relationship going, then that seems fair. A lot of people still do the 50-50 split, but I don't think that's very good ethics. I don't think that's very good way of keeping someone on your side to help you in your business. You've also got to look at an associate relationship as a two-way thing. Just as much as they help you in your business, you can also help them, especially if you can fill a skills gap for them. So you want to keep them on side. So you really need to understand what your, how you pay your clients or what the project is and how much of that element will go to your associate. Some of that might be up, um, upon negotiation. Some of that might be fixed. But it's something that you need, only you can understand because that's your client relationship. And this is why I say that any future, um, your associate may be looking for collaboration opportunities. There are two, this is a two-way relationship. It's not a case of saying, I will call you when I need you. To, in order to, for both of you to grow your business, sometimes it's actually really good to have that two-way conversation as, a, as to how can you help each other's businesses. Um, so where to find them? So now this is a major thing. If you want an associate to work with you, for me, the main thing is that I know them and I can trust them.
if I don't know them and I can't trust them, I don't know whether I want to, them to be working with me and having that responsibility to do client facing work. It's from a HR point of view, it's, you know, everything is about people. You want to make sure you get it right. Otherwise you could get land yourself in very, very major legal issues. So for me, I need to make sure that that person that I'm hiring knows their employment law, has good values, understands the client relationship and can do a good job for me. So where you find them is a big thing here. Firstly, you would look at, look at your existing network. Who is it that does the same type of work as you do? So whilst they may be your competitor, they could also be quite a good collaborator for you. I know many HR people that work together in the same area, in the same geographical area, because they need to bounce ideas off each other and actually they can bring quite a good um, element of um, good good eye or good brain to, for a project that you're doing so your existing network is probably the first place that I would actually reach out to in the first place I do that when I need help I go go to my various HR um, Facebook groups to have that um, to find that collaboration opportunity or to get seek out some advice so if you can and you've got the time you go reaching out to your existing network is probably your first port of call so that is your facebook groups your linkedin groups where you're um, networking if you're networking in specific areas that are related to your um, business reach out to them in the first instance if you can't and this is quite is this is more urgent then another place to find um, your um, people are your linkedin instagram any social media where you know these people are you know your business you know where these people these potential collaborator collaborators are so do look out for them there are also other um, websites such as people per hour and upwork but these are more freelance websites where you find someone that's going to just do a particular job for you it doesn't really allow you to build that relationship from an associate point of view that's more of a freelancer um, client relationship that you have there which is fine if that's what you need at the time but as i said an associate is very much a long-term opportunity long-term business opportunity for you um, so those aren't I wouldn't recommend those places, but I, I wanted to put it up there as a place for you, you would be able to find a freelancer. If you are, and so if you can, I would really advise you to get to know them first. If you can't, then I would always advise to interview them to ensure that they are the right fit for your business and the work that you have as i said trust and values comes into everything that we that we do in our business and we want to make sure that we're not compromising that um, so i would really urge you if you can really start even if you're not looking for an associate right now it would be really, it would be advisable to start building up those relationships for for the future because you never know when you actually might need them and i think megan cassie had that kind of conversation earlier this week that it's actually really important to start building those relationships so you can move forward quicker than you would um you would be able to 
Um, so then your contracts become very, very important. Now, I know people who work with associates. I know people that don't work with associates and, um, and people that have contracts and people that don't. It's very much dependent on what you want to do. I always, I think it is important to um, have um, contracts in place because it actually protects you your business and your associate and you're very clear in terms of what your terms are. Contracts can be found on various sites including Simply Docs, Rocket Lawyer and um, there's also um, a business called Coffee Clatch who actually provide bespoke um, contracts for you and your business just to make sure that you're covering all your bases. While an associate isn't an employee you still want to be able. You still want to be able to ensure that they know what is expected of them and what you're also giving them in return. So, what is so? Some of the main headings in contracts are um, what your contract term is. Is it ongoing or is it for a specific project? So, I work for as an associate for three different consultancies. Two of them, I have a ongoing associate contract. So I know exactly what my expect what um, I'm going to be paid. I know exactly what I'm going to be doing for them, um, and the type um, and um, my rates and everything. But for one of them, I get a contract for each specific project that I do, and that's called a terms of reference or terms of business. And that again it states out exactly what work I'm doing for the client, what my rate is going to be, how long the scope is. Um, and also sets out my um, insurance and conflict of interest and things. So it's very much dependent on how you want to uh, want to have that relationship with the with the associate. If you're going to be doing a lot of work with them, then I would advise having an ongoing contract. Um, if not, and you think it it may be a bit sporadic as to how you um, how your relationships is going to work, then having just a bespoke associate contract for each contra um, each each specific project would probably be a better fit for you. In terms of the uh, main headings, as I said, you want your contract term, you want your services. So, what services are they providing you? You need to be very, very clear on that. What are your charges and your terms of payment? So what, how much is the, is the associate going to get as part of the project? Is it going to be a 50-50 split? Is it going to be 70-25? What is it? If you're not sure, then it's good to have a range as to what you're looking to pay them. But also terms of, terms of payment, are you, is there going to be a deposit paid or are you going to pay them on invoice at the end of that project? Again, it's good, you know your business and you know how you want to work. So it's, good, it's a good idea to have an understanding of how your client relationship works and how your, your, your relationship with your, your associate is going to work on, that, on those terms as well. You want an idea of records and audits. So you obviously want to make sure that you keep records um, of the work that your associate is doing, but also your associate needs to ensure that they also keep those records from a GDPR point of view as well, because if they're holding IP, 
and things, then they need to be holding it for a certain amount of time. Um, so you may want to have a shared place to, to share that. Um, again, that's something that you need to decide from a, um, from a GDPR point of view. Obviously, even if you're hiring an associate, you want to make sure that they're indemnified and they've got insurance and you need to have sight of that um, because that protects you, it protects your client and it also protects them for any complaints that you may, that may come your way. You want to make sure that you are protected from, your, from a business point of view just as much as the, as the associate needs to make sure that they're protected and it also gives you some element of trust that this person at some degree to some degree they will be the face of Theo Ruby marketing mm -hmm. so you want to make sure it, it's it's always like an employee but not mm -hmm. but you want to protect that client relationship because if they do a bad job for you ultimately that may reflect in your client relationship going forward so it's really important to make sure that the person you're recruiting, you're hiring is the right person for you. So start building those relationships, but don't be in a hurry to hire them if you're yeah, not I think in a rush. Something I'm realising is, again, it's true, but you get what you pay for. Like. Um, Nipa, what about um, in relationship to COVID and, and staff? Are people contacting you regarding that? Um, slowly but surely they are. Um, I think it's, I'm going to start getting busy, I think September, October time when people want to start uh, bringing people off furlough or making redundancies. Yeah. Um, but I can definitely help with that if anyone's got any issues in terms of how to bring people back in safely or actually work through the concerns that the employees have. So I can definitely help with that. Okay, thank you. So did anyone have any questions about what I've talked about today? I think it's really putting the time in to go and um, make the relationships. Like, yeah. I mean, as you said, it's like it's not a short-term thing. So I guess, um, I guess, what within the next month we might look for Upwork. Within the next six months, we might look for an associate. Yeah, I've just done mine as part of my regular networking. As I've met people and built relationships with them, hmm. I've kind of earmarked them for whether I'd want to work with them. So a girl I met through um, a PA, the PA network, she, we were both VAs in the group, we've got to know each other, we've realised our ethics and our values have come from the same area, sort of, are the same, we both offer very, very similar service, so as we've got to know each other, we now have an agreement in place that if, as our businesses move forward, when it comes to time when perhaps we want to go on holiday um, once more. She would be who I would pass my business over to look after if I was going on holiday or if I needed sort of extra support in that way. But it's mm. all come from building just relationships through people I've met through just ne general networking mm. um, and getting to know people in that do similar things to me. In And I think from where I come from as a virtual PA, it's such a vast area. We all offer different services. So if a client comes to me and wants um this service and that service but i only offer part of it i've either got to say turn the work down or bring an associate to do part of the job mm. so that's kind of where i've as much as i'm i didn't set my business up and it's not my intention to run my business as kind of more of an agency with like a team of vas um i do that for other people i work for another va as part of her associate team and there's like 12 of us that's not how i want to run my business 
Mm. but I see the benefits that I will have to potentially work if there's a client I really want to work with but I can't do an element of that I know I'll have to bring an associate to do part of the role so when I'm talking and I'm building relationships with VAs through the VA groups I do often sort of like make a note if they've got a sort of specialist area and do sort of take that into account so if anything comes up um so someone approached me last week about call handling I don't offer it as a single VA because I think it's ridiculous going well, you can't take the calls yourself. Why would you go to a single BA to get someone to do call handling? You're in the same situation. You're going to miss calls if it's one person. To me, that's a service that should be offered through an agency. Um, but he was adamant he wanted to go to. So I went to someone I know within my networking groups that I know offers call handling because she doesn't go out. She, she chooses not to go out networking to develop her business. So I know she's much in the home environment a lot more. Um, so yeah, that's how that's how I've done it. It's not something I've specifically targeted to look at. Mm. It's just an organic process as I'm as I'm talking to people and building relationships in whether it's someone that I would want to represent my business or can offer a service that I can't offer in my business. And that's pretty interesting. Exactly how I've done it. Yeah, I was wondering, do any of you know a good like WordPress developer? Because I'm kind of bottlenecking now. I'm kind of looking for someone else to share some work with. Do you know? Yeah, anyone? I'm here. Uh, but like, um, I mean, someone with us as well, we can, so someone else we could work with. <laughs> and obviously you charge too much as well. But um, no, someone with Elementor kind of pro experience, I suppose, Albert, you've done, what, a year now in Elementor? Uh, yeah, about a year and a half, okay. Elementor, because I was Joomla, wasn't I, before Element Elementor on WordPress, so um, yeah. Okay, no, I definitely need another hand with it. So, depending on cost, either with us or maybe try and find someone else. Um, Steve, you had a question in the group about um, is there a way to mitigate risk if, for example, the client fails to pay? I don't know, Nipa, if you just want to see if there's a good way to answer that. Is there a way to mitigate risk if, for example, the client fails to pay, his associates still will still expect to get paid? Do you recommend that clients' contracts should be fully risk assessed? Yes, is the simple answer. Make sure that your client con so your ultimately your money that the what you get paid from the client then goes to the associate. So you need to make sure that your client contract is completely foolproof in terms of what the penalties are going to be. But ultimately, if the associate wants to be paid, you're going to have to pay them if the client hasn't paid you. I in my in the contract most of the contracts I've got as as, as an working as an associate, I think the the contract covers the covers the covers the asses of the person, the the lead so to speak, and I think a lot of them state that you as an associate you don't get paid until the client pays. However, from my experience, if there is an issue, if you want a relationship with that associate the lead would normally pay you regardless and take up the issue themselves. It depends on, again, how established your relationship, I think, with is sometimes with the lead person is whether they want to keep you as an associate or, or not. But I think the, the, the legals, I think the kind of, I think the official contracted line is you don't get paid if the, unless the, until the client does. But I think it's but a relationship thing. The ethical line is you need to pay them. Yeah, I've seen it happen in the VA world where clients have not paid and the lead VA has said, I don't want to go down the same road in effect as the person that's not paid me, therefore I'm going to pay my associate. 
yeah and, and that's that's exactly how what i've actually i know actually know that that's happened to someone out that i know they um asked someone to take on a project the client didn't pay them so the 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 um the consultant ended up having to pay out of their own pocket to the associate and while they they chased payment because they didn't want to lose that relationship or they didn't they didn't feel it was right not to pay the associate the associate just because they had they had been paid it's not i don't think it's the ethical way of doing business you wouldn't expect not to get paid it's not your it's not in your control Are there forms of insurance that can cover things like that? Sorry, I didn't hear that. Any forms of insurance that can cover that? Would that be covered in your insurance indemnity? Insurance, I think that would be in your contract with your client. Do contracts cover you, cover you for not clients not paying? Well, I thought they would. I think it covers you in respect of you take you taking them to small claims court or taking yeah, the process it. like that. But it, I don't think it would cover you as not paying an associate kind of thing. No, it depends on what you say in your contract. Yeah. Um, but that's something you probably need to speak to a lawyer about. I don't know. Not a, I don't know. It's never happened to me either because I just... I just know that I get paid when I'm working in an associate and if I do if I don't get paid by the client I'd still pay my associate. I've been lucky and I've never had a problem I must be honest. Yeah I wouldn't even know I'd, I'd be calling up a lawyer and saying where do, where do I go with this if I if I wasn't sure <laughs> to be honest. But I guess that depends on the relationship that you have with your client anyway you will know how good your client is and how good a payer they are so mm. you know what risks you're in, entering if you bring on an associate to take on additional work um, and if they don't pay, you know, because the relationship is with you. So you then have the relationship that for you to be chasing that. And it might be that it's not that they don't want to pay. It might be just that, you know, cash flow wise. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's just then it's just being honest, like, okay. And you just pass on that message. But ultimately if the associate is expecting to be paid within 30 days, then you need to honor that as much as you can. Mm. As long as you've not got any, uh, any, um, any cash flow problems, then you should really be um, paying that associate because I just don't think it's a good way to start that relationship or continue that relationship. A few years back, I had a, a client to witness liquidation. Uh, fortunately, I didn't have any liabilities to pay associates, so it's just a loss of my own business, which is a big relief. But if I had hired associates, I probably would have gone bankrupt myself. Yeah, I mean, this is why it's like you've got to be really clear as to when and when uh, where you want to use an associate. Is it wise to, or is it, or should you be taking on that work? Or, you know, there's so many questions that you want to be asking yourself before you even start that relationship. Um, but as as Jules said, it's like you, you even though you don't have that, you don't haven't needed one at the moment. At the moment, that doesn't mean that you might not need one in the future. So it's about building those relationships and finding out who you can trust. I mean, even when I take on work with clients, I I really make sure that they are who I want to work with, and we can get some value out of it together. With lockdown, Do you just have um, one contract. Say that again, sorry. 
Oh, well, Steve, go on, Steve. Uh, actually, one thing I do miss uh, in terms of Freud's associates is uh, the ability to just meet up in a cafe and talk to people, get to know them. Didn't get that, sorry. Uh, I can't well, hear one, you very well. It's about meeting lot, up. In lockdown, actually, the chance to actually meet people in a, a uh, cafe before even doing any business and uh, get to know people. See, that's interesting because yeah. I work virtually anyway, so I never meet the lead v the lead VAs I work with or my clients. So for me, it's I've got the opposite way around, and I'm more shocked when I meet people. I have met one of my clients, and I've met a couple of the associates where we've all been at the same conference. But generally, I would never meet any of my clients or the people I work with. That's that's kind of like abnormal to me now. Also, the world that we live in, where, where we are so virtual and we are becoming more and more virtual because needs must. Um, and now with social distancing and things closed and people working in, in remote areas, you kind of, sometimes it's not possible. No. So you have to, you, you know, I think it's about asking the right questions um and understanding where they're coming from and and like you said nipa you know their morals um uh, you know do they do they match and what they say what they do um and a little bit of a track record sometimes is just kind of going in on because i guess if they're reputable then they they will be and professional they will be on linkedin so you can go in on linkedin and look at you know stuff that they've done or recommendations that they've got and and it's it's about um yeah just kind of doing that pre-work yeah i agree you got it just as much as you do pre-work with your clients you do it with your associates you do it with everyone you do it with an employee if you were going to hire them it's yeah. the same sort of process it's just you you're using them for different your is the relationship is just going to be a bit different yeah yeah um, but we've got the we've got the ability to do virtual calls now and people are getting used to it so yes sometimes you do want that face-to-face -face connection but you don't always need it I mean my work in particular you need that interaction face-to-face -face interaction but it's amazing how well you can do an investigation just doing it remotely yeah. it works just as well you just don't see the body language but then you look out for different cues yeah yeah yeah. Cool. So, has anyone else got any other questions really about associates or anything else from NEPA? The only thing I was going to say, NEPA, so when you do a, um, a contract between you and an associate, it's a two way thing. So, that contract is one contract which is forms the relationship between the two of you. So, it, so it's them to you and you to them. Or do you have. Yeah. No, you'd have a contract. So you'd each have a contract for each other. So if you're if you're both using each other as con as associates, then you would have one for them, and they would have one for you because you okay. you are their associate or they are your associate. It can't the contract can't be a two way thing. Okay. Um, I actually do this with someone. I actually have a client that I work for as her VA, but then I she passes associate work to me. Um, <laughs> when she doesn't want to do the work so that's it i have a client contract with her and she has an associate contract with me 
Oh, interesting. <laughs> so it, it's the bit, the way the VA world works is the fact that she's got a, a VA because she she hates she hated she's not a traditional VA she's more technical VA so I do her VA sort of organisational sorting out her inbox and that kind of that side of work as her VA so she's my client but then if she's working for a client doing technical stuff and they want a bit of admin, sort of more admin stuff. She then does that for, through so me, as, and I do as, as her associate. Services then so, different, so yeah, exactly. Like, like. So we have contracts going either direction. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the person that I would use um, when I eventually want to use her, we've got the arrangement that we would do it um, um, back and forth, and just because she does stuff that I don't do, and I do stuff that she doesn't do, it works really, really well, and we built up a relationship over what nine months I've known her now. Okay. Oh, cool. Um, so it it does work. It, there's a benefit of actually collaborate of actually networking with people that do the same sort of work to, as you, just to grow your business. And it's recommending. So, are you talking about Shivani? Yeah. So interestingly, when Nipra and I met, talking about HR consultancy, the person she's now talking about using as associate is actually someone I worked with in HR. So again, through through networking knowing Shivani because we used to work together and we network we went into business at similar times um we now obviously network and obviously I met Nipa through networking and I was able to say oh I've got a colleague that you might, and actually they'd already met through networking so it, again it's all that building relationships and finding associates through mm -hmm. indirect networking without actually kind of thinking I need to find an associate today I wish I'd I'd had this training or this conversation before because I feel like I've been stung a little bit <laughs> because I've then just passed on what is, I mean, I still kind of think about it and, and I'm not sure what to do and how to approach the situation, but I gave, I introduced her to, to my network. She then got, we were talking about like an associate relationship, which I was like, what, this, this will be great. Cause I was the one that had, had approached her. I told I was new to, to to you know setting up my business and I sort of said look come along to this thing and because I, I want to introduce you to a couple of people um, out of that my, uh, you know at the end I got a call from a client of mine saying oh I met this person we're gonna do some business together and I was like oh okay <laughs> uh, that's great um, and she almost didn't tell me about it. So then I called her and we were having a discussion about something because I thought I don't, I felt like I was stepping on toes because she didn't tell me anything. So I said, oh, I spoke to so-and-so at this business and they said, You're, you have a meeting with them. And she was like, oh yeah, I forgot to mention it. It ends up basically she got 20 or 25,000 pounds worth of work and she's not been in contact with me. So this is, yeah, so this is an element of just a completely poaching that client off you. Yeah. Yeah. You should ask her for a referral fee. I mean, I, the thing is, she, she is really good at what she does. Um, and the client is happy. I still have my relationship with the client albeit now it's almost slightly different mm. because she has now 
this introduction that I've given her for that side of the business. And so any continuous work will go directly to her. Mm -hmm. um, because it's it was within a department, but there are multiple departments. So she will then go through those departments and be able to deliver things in that way without my intervention. Um, but yeah, so had I have known about that, I would have been more uh, confident about having a discussion, whereas I was a little bit timid about it because I felt like she was offering all this value and I didn't think I was offering value, but actually I was because I then gave her like £20,000 worth of business. <laughs> yeah. But at the time I didn't, it wasn't that. I was just like, oh, I want her to work with me and I'd like to work with her. But I didn't realise actually I was bringing value by opening up my network, which is quite valuable. Yeah, and this is, and but then do you really, then you've got to ask yourself, do you really want to work with this person who's not got the same values as you? Exactly. Now, that's why I'm just like, well, you know, I'm glad at least I've, you know, I've helped a business, um, but it's taught me a valuable lesson. Trust. Yeah, trust, exactly. Trust, trust yeah. and values. It's I talk about it all the time. That's that list. That's pretty much my mo. Trust and values. Trust and values. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and but I've known her for a long time. It wasn't she wasn't somebody that I just met. She was somebody that I'd known for a very very long time. Um, so it really surprised me. It really surprised me. It's almost like her? a different a, a different a different character came out that I had never seen. She's, your competitor. She's seeing you as your as her competitor rather than collaborator. That's the yeah. difference. Which um, I didn't, I never saw myself as a competitor with her uh, because she was much more experienced in the field. She'd been doing it for longer. Um, and she was actually, she's actually pretty successful at it, which is why I wanted to collaborate. <laughs> Things you eat because you've known her for so long you'd be forgiven for feeling like that yeah you know and so i don't think you've done anything wrong there you've just put your trust in someone that you've known for years it's just unfortunate that she's gone and um shown her true colors or she's seen you as a competitor if anything that should be if that's actually quite flattering to a degree yeah i suppose um, i suppose but but yeah so so now that i've got that information I, I've never really thought of it like that I just always think right I'll do a referral my immediate thing is I'll do a referral and I'll give you the business and people say to me but but what do you get out of it and I'm like well I <laughs> I just You're get good that. about it yeah it's a feel-good factor and if I'm helping you then hopefully at some point down the line you know it's a little bit like paying it forward you know you do something now and at some point that then comes back around to you yeah uh, it, it's all about the person i think you, you couldn't you couldn't have even expected that that was going to happen no 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 but i am more educated now <laughs> Good. Which, which is very 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 helpful well i'm glad i've helped someone today <laughs> Anyone else got any comments, questions? I hope you found that useful. Yeah, really definitely. useful. Thank you.
thank you. Actually, I've got a question, uh, uh, Nipa. Is there yeah. is there a a standard like template contract for associates that you can that there is? It just gives you a guide of what there should be. Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, I talked about this earlier. Um, there is a few. Um, there are a few uh, websites or people that you can go to that will do this for you, or at least give you a guide. Um, I will. Um, they're called Simply Docs, uh, which you have to pay thirty-five pounds for for a whole year. But that gives you a whole suite of business documentation. Let me just quickly share my screen again. I use Coffee Catch, and I think they were about £40 for a sort of a standard, um, a, a real basic standard contract. It can't be edited or branded or anything like that, but it does the, it goes out from me so people know who it's come from. Janipa, would you mind putting uh, a bit more information about that on the Enterprise Network group? So maybe just yeah. uh, some examples and then a couple of links, and then maybe... I don't know if you offer like a 15 minute intro call or anything like that. Yeah, I can do that. I'll put that all on the enterprise group. So the ones that um, Albert, is it, was it Albert? That yeah, yeah, I can see now. Yeah, I've got it. Website links. So these three. Yeah, simply dots or slash home. Yeah. Yeah, and the one that um, coffee. was just mentioned, Coffee Clatch, um, yeah. that would be more, um, that might be, I think as Jill said, it's about 40 pounds, but it does the job and it's more legalese. But these two, uh, rocket and they're, really, they're really hot on GDPR as well. She's a GDPR specialist, so yeah. Um, but you can get everything off Simply Docs as well. Rocket Lawyer is a little bit Americanized, whereas Simply Docs is more um, UK based. Yeah, terminology is obviously going to be yeah. Yeah, so I have used Rocket Lawyer and I've used but I've, I've used Simply Docs so. It's, it's whether you want to pay the £35 for a year for a That's really document. cheap. It's, it's really good. The HR people swear by it because uh, you get a HR, um, you get a HR element as a HR package as well. Um, so Simply Docs or Rocket Lawyer or, as, as I said, Coffee Clutch. Um, but what I would say is even once you've done a contract, get it seen by someone else, like a lawyer or someone that will be happy just to check it over, just to make sure it's completely watertight because you do not want to be... Coffee catch are done by lawyers. Are they? Yeah, so Annabelle and, Annabelle and Christopher that run Coffee Catch. Christopher is a lawyer and Annabelle is a HR employment specialist. Yeah. they been going about 40 years, I think, the company in total didn't know that but uh mm. yeah so they may if you just call them and just they may be able to bespoke something for you uh, sometimes i think with contracts as much as you want to do it yourself you still want to make sure it's completely watertight because you want to you still need to protect your, yourself and the business ultimately is that okay albert is that does that answer your question albert yeah, that does answer my question. Yeah, thank you. Thank you on that, because uh, it's always good to have some form of templates that you could get a little bit of understanding on of the uh, contracts of what you need to know beforehand, even before you start. I would so, definitely yeah. recommend Simply Docs then. Yeah. Thank and you. And the £35 can't go wrong. No, no. No. Thank you. Okay. Brilliant. Cool. So should we um, put it to a close and then maybe if anyone's got any other questions, they can either email you or mention it in the group as well. Yes.
Cool. Um, I don't know if you want to just put your email or maybe phone in the chat so people can save it. Um, I'm just going to quickly put my my LinkedIn on there as well. And I mean, does anyone have another topic you might want to get covered in August? So we've got the finance, we've got another website one coming the 7th of August. And then we're just looking for some ideas for new topics. Um, so is there something we haven't covered that you guys want us to look at? Um, I think it'd be nice to for Jules to do one about um, what a VA person does. Because um, you seem to have so many wise skills. I think you'd be able to share, share some of your skills to the group and to make us aware of all our contacts as well. Yeah, sounds good. I mean, even for me, I, I'm looking, well, I like the idea of a VA. I just don't yeah. really understand fully what they do. Yeah, I agree. You look surprised there, <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, would you want to do that on your own, or would you want to do that as part of a panel, so maybe two or three of you from different angles, or how would you like to do it? Um, I can do it by myself, I think. Okay. You seem very knowledgeable. Yeah. Until I've got to put it down on paper and present it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are talk I mean, if you want, oh, uh, to me, we can talk through that. We can do that anytime <laughs> in August. But again, if you're a bit nervous or want to share it with someone, then you can always do kind of two sides of the coin. Yeah. No, let me have a think on that one. And I will. Um, yeah. Because I mean, there is so much to being a VA and that is that is it is there is so many different services mm. and there's so many different types of VA out there. So yeah, no, it's probably a good one. Yeah, I think uh, it's useful to know what angle to come come at it from because there's so many different angles and there's so many different HR angles you can come yeah. from as well. Mm. It's to make it relevant and to get more traction. You kind of want to make sure that. I'll just give you an overview of the types of yeah. VAs out there and what to look for and yeah. identify what you need. Yeah. So yeah, I, think, and especially I don't me, think I, it'll be as long as Neepers. No, a quick 20 minutes would be perfect. Yeah, that's but, I mean, more like um, it. Sorry, from my point of view, so I wanted someone with kind of a marketing background. And I don't know if yeah. a VA would normally be more admin focused or if they could actually do... There will be marketing VAs out there. I, I do bits of marketing, but I'm not a marketing expert. So, again, it depends on the VA. Yeah, um, I come from a, a PA background, so I'm more of a... My, my core offering is a more traditional... P, what I would say office PA service or office mm. manager service um, but that said I do an awful lot of I think when you're an office PA you do get pulled into different little things and mm. you do kind of quite a, you do a lot of, whether it's business personal um, if, the, if the organization wants an event doing you do that if your boss wants to go on holiday you kind of quite often get called into that so as an office PA, you do kind of do these little different bits. I mean, some PAs are quite rigid and they stick and all companies to say, you can, as a PA, you can only do the office stuff. So some companies don't let you do, which is why actually some business executives have an office PA and then a VA that does their personal stuff because their organization dictates that the, VA, the PA can't do anything that's personal. So they're so used to handing everything out to everybody they'll have a PA that's employed by their business if they're working sort of like for another company, but then they'll have a VA that liaises with their P their office PA and does their personal stuff. 
Um, so yeah, so there's loads of different things and not all VAs come from a background like mine. So some will come, some will have never worked in an office. Some will be someone on maternity leave that's been a marketing manager or a marketing expert, hasn't wanted to go back after maternity leave and they discover the term VA. So it is very, very broad how and what a VA can offer and um, what they do. So I mean, I've, I now do bits of marketing for, um, so you could say I've been doing, so what I've been working on a lot the last few weeks is branded documents. So you could say that comes under elements of marketing, mm. but it's, again, it goes back to, it's what you would do if you were an office PA, but you'd, if you're working for a larger, larger organization, they have their logo sorted, they have all kind of how they want things done. Whereas a small, um, a small business might have a logo, but they don't, they're kind of sending that document. Back. I mean, Nipra and I have had this conversation about branded documents, um, but they might kind of know they're doing this. So I was approached by a company a few weeks ago and they're setting up a new business. They've got a logo. They know what colors are on their website, but actually they didn't have any kind of, apart from that. So I had to kind of pull from the website, even to the stage where they didn't know what, they knew it was blue and navy and pink, but they didn't know what navy, what pink. So I had to kind of like pull it off the website, do a kind of color checker and find out what colors it was. Um, and I've created then like a branded template for them to use in PowerPoint, a branded template for them to use in Word. And then I've pulled together, they've just been sending me loads of words basically. And I've been pulling it into policy documents and booklets and, and that type of thing. So as much as I'm not a marketing specialist, actually things like that, I love to do and it's easy to do. Um, so yeah, again, it's that kind of, it's, it's just working on skill sets a lot of the time, but you will have some that come from a marketing background, that that's what they do. They do marketing support and it'll be much more in depth. So I'm not a email marketer. So do you mean, I, I'm not an email marketing ex expert. I would go to some, do you know I mean, I know VAs that I would pass that to. Mm. If I was working for a small business, which you do, you do a bit of everything. So, I mean, I can use MailerLite and I can do bits and pieces. So it is, it's that whole kind of, which exactly goes back to what we've been talking about where the associate comes in yeah that's and also for me it's about time management as well so i guess that's the major aspect of it yeah. where your bottlenecks are where your restraints are yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean I'll, i won't mention it now but there is a task that i always if i'm talking to people some people will come to you and say i've been told i need a va quite often doesn't work because if you've been told you need a va you don't know what you need it for and you don't know how to deal with it you need people to kind of almost come to a realization that themselves that they need help and where they need help but there is an exercise that you can do that will help with that people that have been told by a business coach you just need a VA with no kind of thought or explanation behind it or discussion or proper kind of they'll they'll just come to you and they'll be like I need a VA but actually it doesn't work because they don't want to hand anything over they don't know what they want they don't know what where they need help they don't know what they need support on and if they're not willing to give it over, they're not willing to kind of delegate, then it's not going to work. So cool. I think we've got a lot to talk about. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. If you can, uh, I think, email me I get think your session will, will, will be really interesting. Good. So let's, let's put a date in the diary soon. I've already got lots of questions, but I'm saving it for your session. Oh, good. <laughs> We're not doing it next week. I need, to, I need time to think about this. <laughs> Cool. Well, thanks again, guys, for joining. And uh, if you've got any feedback about the guides or anything at all, just please let me know. And Nipa, that was amazing. I really appreciate your time. And yeah, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.
Thanks very much, guys. I'll speak to you next day. month. Thank you. Okay. Okay. See you later. Bye. 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 Bye.